Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hello Q Church. It's absolutely awesome to be back. Um, I feel as though I've been travelling since Thursday morning um, because we've had all sorts of delays and setbacks, but we're here. Isn't that awesome? And, uh, and uh, you know, a bit of a disclaimer, if we talk a load of rubbish tonight, it's because we got off a plane at 11 o'clock and uh, I've had a couple of hours sleep, but we've been very prepared. Um, it's just whether the mind and the mouth will work in, in order, but anyway. So tonight we are going to look at curiosity. Now, when I think of curiosity, I always think of Alice in Wonderland and I always think of her going down the rabbit hole and uh, it, it's quite amazing that, you know, she was just this little girl who thought, wow, let's go and have a look, see how, how deep the rabbit hole goes. And um, so curiosity is an invitation to go beyond what is established. And uh, if you've ever heard your children uh, when they get up to, you know, a bit of mischief or or they're in a bit of trouble, when you ask them, why did you do that? What do they usually say? Well, I just wanted to see what would happen. Isn't that what they usually... Well, mine did. I I don't know about yours. Well, I just wanted to see what was going to happen. You know, nearly set the house on fire. Well, I just wanted to see what happened. Or, you know, when they're trying to do stuff. Now, the thing is, children ask about 300 questions a day. I don't know whether you know that. Uh... I mean, we we almost put a a, a thing up where a child was just, every time the parents said anything, it was, why? And then another question, why? Another question, why? And if we're not careful as we grow older, we seem to lose our capacity. We do. We settle. Oh, well, I know that. Do you? Do I? We we settle because we think we've learnt it all and we actually become quite complacent. So curiosity is actually in the camp of the questions of the why, the what, the how. And it's back to being what the Bible often uses terms about becoming childlike again in order to ask those questions. One day our uh, question asking days are going to be over. So we better use our time wisely. Do we want to figure out what's going on? So it's in our beliefs that we often fail to be curious because we can swallow what we've been told rather than continuing to question the authenticity and grow into a new skin as we shed what no longer fits us and gives us life. Um, For me, I've been on a, a journey, well, I'm 60 now, But the last 15 years was very much shedding a skin that had been given me by somebody else. And I had to shed that and grow into my own. And what I find is that skin keeps going again. And I realise that I'm shedding that and I'm going into something more. Because the more 
questions that we ask, the more we are opened into a, a new world. So the question, are we interested in pursuing truth of who we are and why we are here? What's it all about? Are we interested? Now, there is a, a saying that um, the cure for boredom is curiosity. Now, I'm glad that it goes on to say, but there is no cure for curiosity. But often, the reason why we're bored is because we're not curious enough to say, hang on a minute, I don't have to sit with now to do or things to, to, to explore. This is a big world and I uh, can look at it. But first of all, we've got to stir ourselves that there might be more than meets the eye to our place, our circumstance, the circle in which uh, we, we live. We have to have a sense that something might be amiss, that what we've been handed. And just like the, the, the caterpillar, it doesn't just stay as it is, but it goes into that chrysalis or that, that, that cocoon, but it struggles its way out to become something else and beautiful and fly. And that's what I think the term born again means more than anything else. I've realised now that I've been born again more times in the last 15 years than in all of my life. Because what happened is a new revelation would come and I'd realise I've been in another cocoon and I've come out uh, as another butterfly and, and I'm free to fly again. Now, we sometimes have to break out of the boundaries that have been set for us by others. Now, well-meaning people will always suggest that it's safer to stay in the cave. And we've got some lovely, uh, wonderful clips for you uh, tonight um, because they will help visually uh, explain this whole thing about curiosity. They will tell us to stay where it's safe and warn us that curiosity killed the cat. Now, failing to be curious might save one of the cat's nine lives. But like William Wallace said, all cats die. No, he didn't. He said, all men die, but all men don't truly live. And that's the key to us. We have one life to live. Do we want to make sure we truly live that life? Which means that we're going to have to have a bit of curiosity. So yes, curiosity can lead us to the edge of a cliff. And as we reach out and stretch out to see the new world before us, we might think we're going to fall. But maybe instead of falling, we'll fly. And when we fly, we'll reach tomorrow. You're going to see a wonderful clip of the film of um, The Croods, where beyond the cave was this place called tomorrow. And if we want to use a different word for that, it's freedom, where we've, freedom that we've never known. So sit back and enjoy, open up your mind and start to be curious because that's why we queue. Yeah? I like the fact we can use the queue a bit, bit more uh, creatively. We are curious. Are you going to be curious tonight? Come on, open up your heart to everything. It's a big, wonderful world and we don't put our theology or our um, our spirituality in a box that's separate from everything else. It's all connected. And so as we share tonight, we're saying, let's live. Let's not just say, oh, you know, this is my secular world and this is my faith world. No, let's bring it all together in one 
awesome, curious, wonderful life. And I'll tell you what, we will fly and not fall. So enjoy tonight. Thank you very much. All right. As Chris said, uh, it's good to be back. Nice to see you all. We got held up by <clears throat> two days because of a big snow bomb in the Midwest of the US. But we were desperate to get back and glad to make it. Um, love to tell you about stuff that's going on in Salt Lake, but a lot of it's personal, so it would be inappropriate when we're broadcasting this all over for, to mention that. But we'll say a little bit on, on Wednesday about that. Um, I think this clip from The Matrix... Um, if, if you were to write this on rice paper between black leather covers and replace Morpheus with Jesus and Neo with, you know, some tax collector, uh, it would sit very, very well um, because Morpheus there is, first of all, driving at the fact that there... There is truth that needs to be found and that very often we want to avoid what it means to address the chasing of that truth. But curiosity is, um, is a part of that. And of course, we did the Red Pill Reformation a, a couple of, was it last Easter or last Easter, where you have to choose which pill you take as to how, how much you want to see uh, revealed in your life. Now, um, I found it fascinating on that clip where it finishes is Morpheus, the, the, the black guy who is uh, helping Neo understand what's going on, which is in the film The Matrix. Um, his final words are, follow me. Which I found fascinating because um, I, I've been raised in church and you know I've heard the words of Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. Um, but I realized it's always been this kind of surface superfluous thing that, you know, gentle Jesus, meek and mild would like you to follow him. Um, but as I saw this clip, I thought, do you know what? Those words spoken from the mouth of Jesus probably meant a lot more than just, uh, I'm going over here to that town, come with me. Um, I think it probably meant a little bit like the, the clip with with uh, Morpheus and Neo, that if you follow me, where this goes is going to take you down a rabbit hole that's very deep and you're going to have to look at some things and consider some things, but those things will release you into a new level of freedom. And uh, that led me on to think about some words that Jesus said that, again, I, I, I can't say I've ever really looked at in this context, uh, Jesus one day said, and it's recorded in the book of Matthew and the book of Luke, um, he, he told us to ask, seek, and knock. He said, I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. I found it interesting as well, just how your mind works, that that ask A, seek S, K, knock. What a great word ask is, because it, it's telling us three things. You need to ask, you need to seek, and you need to knock, because something needs to be opened up to you. Now, what I also like about, you know, the more I've read the words of Jesus, looked at, looked at the whole journey, particularly of the Gospels in the Bible, I realize that in the context of ask and seek and knock, there is no attempt to control what you ask. 
It's not telling you which question you should ask because for each of us, the questions we need to ask are very, very different. And it's putting no limits on those questions. It doesn't attempt to control what you ask or what you seek or where you knock. Uh, It just wants you to ask, seek and knock. And the whole issue of curiosity is about asking, seeking and knocking. Therefore, I have to say that Jesus promoted curiosity massively when he said, you've got to ask, you've got to seek, you've got to knock and you've got to follow me. Now, I, I do understand, you know, church buildings do funny things, and the word God does strange things to people, and the, and the word Bible does funny things to people, because we go all religious and silly and restrictive and bound and contained, when the truth is, there's lots of stuff you need to be asking about. You know, I, this, this will upset some, and I apologize, but it was necessary for me. Um, one of my great liberations 15 years ago um, was the introduction of bad language into my, what was in essence my prayer life. Now, now that's not a recommendation that you, you know, curse in your prayer life, but it was something for me because in my religious upbringing there was somehow a dishonesty that was masking what was going on inside because I had some big asks. You know, in gentle terms, why the hell is this happening to me? This should not be happening. And looking for what's why is this? What I'm seeking the answer. I'm knocking to try and find out what's going. On. Do you know what I find out is that is that the God who I believe in really didn't blink, shift an eye, rebuke me, whatever. In fact, it seemed that he was more content with the honesty of asking, seeking, and knocking than the religious part of us that doesn't ask anything about anything, doesn't seek truth further than our nose, and doesn't knock on any doors to see what the heck is going on in the world. So Jesus says, be curious, ask, seek, knock. He doesn't tell you what to ask. He doesn't tell you where to seek. He doesn't tell you which doors to knock on. He just says, do it, because if you ask you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be open unto you. And so it opens up our thinking and our hearts to a whole new dimension of revelation. There are some strange things that happen in this context. I'm very aware of it. Um, I, by nature, can get quite anxious. Chris will tell you, I want to be first on the plane. Why? Because I want to get my bags in the overhead and I want to be seated. I don't want to be held up. I want to be first. Of course, she's one of these who would sit in the, in the waiting area and be the last on the plane. I can't do that. I can't do that. It's like, come on, it's time. There you go. We got, so, so I know all the ways the call. So first of all, it's people needing extra assistance and people with small children. And then in the US, it's active military. And then, and then it's first or particular class with your thing. And then it's, so I know which, so I'm, I'm like ready. I know exactly where to be because of what's coming next. And uh, what's interesting in that is, is, is that God still loves me. And uh, what's interesting about that is I've had this thing going on for, for almost 15 years. And it all happened one day when I was out. For, for a walk and I was asking, I was seeking, I was knocking. I was not in a good place. I was quite upset because it didn't make sense. And it was a, one of those, where are you God moments. And in that moment, I said, I said, God, if you're there, right? This is preacher, minister, 
you know, 20 odd years leading a church, 30 odd years in ministry. If you're there, what is going on? I don't know what to make of this. In that moment, a, a white feather floated down out of the sky and I was able to put out my hand and catch this feather. Now you say, that's, that's, that's dumb. But you see, the answer to my ask, the response to my seek, the openness to my knock will be different to you. But in that moment, I had a moment that said, you know what, something bigger than me is going on here. Something more is happening. And ever since that day, Chris will tell you, uh, particularly at, at moments of big asks and big seeks and big knocks, invariably, you know, I'll come home, there'll be a beautiful white feather there right on the doormat or whatever. Now, now so, so anyway, we, when we were going out to um, Salt Lake from Leeds Bradford, we had, a, we, had a, we had a good period of turnaround, but then there was 15 minutes delay, 30, 45, an hour, an hour 15, an hour, making it incredibly tight. Well, of course, you know, Mr. You know, God is with me, it's okay. It's like, well, you know, I was asking some questions and I was seeking some answers. I was knocking on some doors and I went into the, um, into the pre-entry to the gangway that goes to the plane. It was before any of it had been opened. It's inside. There's no access to outside whatsoever. And in my ask, seek and knock, I walk in there and guess what's right at my feet as I'm walking there in my anxiety, asking, seeking, knocking, a white feather. Inside the building, the only one, beautiful. Now, I just want to give you one other little thing that's interesting. Chris, Chris last weekend went to an event in Waco, Texas, because we were down there speaking in the church there. And, uh, you know, it was a random thing, and you wonder, should I be here? Am I in the right, right place? The asking, the seeking, the knocking. The woman stands up who's going to speak, and she describes an illness that she has had. Chris went to her afterwards and says, you had good pasture syndrome. And the woman was absolutely shocked. She said, how do you know that? How have you heard of it? Chris's mother was diagnosed with good pasture syndrome, which is a very rare disease that is a kind of cancer that attacks your internal organs and obviously ultimately kills you. So the point is not about that. The point is this. Do you know that since 1919, when it was first diagnosed, there have been 600 cases? That's how rare it is. So with my rubbish maths, um, my, my exact result of this might not be totally accurate, but I kind of worked out that in the US alone, to meet somebody who had had good pasture syndrome is about 60 million to one. The chances of meeting someone who had that disease that your mother had, when you put that worldwide, we are talking about hundreds of millions to one, but Chris is in a room. Now, you say, what's all that about? Well, if you're wondering whether you're where you should be, little things like that in the ask, the seek, the knock are wonderful. Now, let me also balance that by saying, it's all very good, I'm talking about a feather, and it's all good talking about somebody who had a disease your mother had, but what about the parent whose kid died of cancer? What about, what, about, what about the people starving or without clean water in Africa? See, see my feather and Chris's good pasture syndrome doesn't answer that question. But if you ask, if you seek, you knock, those questions are not invalid. Those questions God doesn't turn his back on. 
But it's in the asking, the seeking, the knocking that we find the answer. Now, let me also say this, that, what, that, that it doesn't say that what you hear in response to your ask, what you see in response to your look, what you encounter in response to your knock will always be the thing that you thought you would get, but you will get something that will make you realize that something's going on and in your curiosity, you will find it. Now, be as curious as you possibly can for this reason. If curiosity killed the cat, which apparently it did, and the cat has how many lives, then the curiosity must not have killed the cat until it lived the whole nine lives. Therefore, you've got one life to live. It's okay. You're going to be safe being curious. Now, I appreciate some of these films like The Truman Show. We... uh, We've watched and we're familiar with and just try and cut you the best clips. Um, Basically, the whole idea of Truman, which Jim Carrey plays there, is that Truman is trapped in a world that's been constructed for him. And uh, uh, hence the name of the film, The Truman Show, because he's been trapped in this world constructed for him and uh, he's been filmed all the time and that's being live broadcast you know, a bit like your, your reality shows to the rest of the world. And um, Truman would be stuck in that world unless he became curious about what's going on in that world and start to ask, to seek, and to knock. Now, uh, I've lived long enough to know that we become trapped in a world that has been constructed for us. Now, now, whether you come from the most adamant atheist family or the most committed Christian family, or whether you've been raised a Hindu, a Muslim, a Buddhist, a Taoist, whether you're Asian, Caucasian, black African, or whatever, the truth is for all of us, we have been trapped in a world that is constructed for us. And events conspire and things happen and people press us. And unless we get curious, the truth is we get stuck within that world and we never break free into what is the beyond, the something, the more. And really the whole essence of the gospel, which means good news, is Jesus trying to tell us that we get stuck in a world that has been constructed for us and we have to start asking, seeking and knocking because when you ask, you receive. When you seek, you find. When you knock, the door gets open unto you. I find it interesting that where Truman comes in that world is a place of monotony. You know, I don't know if you've ever been there, but like... Have you ever used the phrase, been here before? You know, my life just seems to be going round in circles. You, you start to recognise the problem, but if within the recognition of the problem you don't get curious, curious enough to start asking some big questions and seeking some answers beyond what you have been told are the answers and knocking on some doors that you thought, if I knock on those doors, I don't know what's on the other side and it's too frightening... You will never get free. Now, at the end of the Truman Show, he, he, he finally manages to escape in, in, on a little boat 
going across the water and finds that he's actually living in a dome and uh, the front of the boat pokes through the dome which he thought was the sky but it's not the sky and he finds the stairway to a new life. If ever there was an illustration of what I believe is the essence of the good news of the gospel, that is it. It's recognising the illusion responding to the monotony with the ask, seek and knock, realising that most of what you see is actually an illusion and not a reality and that ask, seek and knock will bring you to a place of reality in your life about yourself, about the world, about God, about what it's all about and that's driven by frustration for crying out loud, get frustrated about the right things. Start asking the bigger questions about yourself, about life, about God, about reality. What does all this mean about love? So, so that's why for me, you see, even I talked about the feather. What is it about the feather? I'm just curious. Why a feather? I have no idea whatsoever why a feather, but my curiosity says this means something and it means something special to me. Chris being in that meeting where the person with the 60 million to one chance of having the same disease, what does it mean? Not a great deal and except perhaps to say in the curiosity of am I supposed to be here? Something speaks to our lives that's bigger than ourselves and beyond ourselves. And so we had a few little quotes there which uh, I'm going to come to. You know, the one about curiosity killed the cat. If you didn't catch it when I said a cat has nine lives and you have one life, what I meant was this, that if it took the, ta- the, the cat nine lives of curiosity to kill itself, your one life of curiosity is not going to kill you. Because it would take nine lives worth if we, if we take the image of the cat. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm releasing you. I'm saying get curious. Now it's dangerous. Curiosity is dangerous. And that's why many of you don't want to be curious. Because it's dangerous. But it does several things. So, so these are just a few quotes before I finish. Our curiosity, curiosity must take precedence over our popularity, otherwise it will never take us beyond where others have already been. In other words, don't let peer pressure stop you being curious. Second one, curiosity drives you to explore beyond what others have deemed to be safe boundaries within which you must rigidly abide. I was raised there, right? But curiosity takes you to ex- drives you to explore beyond what others are deemed as safe boundaries, and that's where your breakout comes. Next one. Curiosity drives you to not only wrestle with hard questions, but to work through the discomfort caused when the answers to those questions do not uphold your previously held beliefs. We know something about that, don't we, Jen? When the answers to those questions don't uphold your previously held beliefs, it's okay. If God the divine is there and he is present and he is being, you're going to be okay because you're going to find what it actually was you were always looking for all along. Next one, curiosity will allow you to free God from the shackles of religion and yourself from control. That's a good one, isn't it? Okay, and one last one. Christianity without curiosity. That's why Q is Q. That's why we've got curiosity. Christianity without curiosity is like a bird with clipped wings. It is kept grounded and denied the freedom to fly to places unknown 
for fear it will never return to the place that it left. You know, there is a conspiracy, often even in Christianity, to clip your wings, keep you grounded, not give you the freedom to fly to places unknown, even in your understanding of God the divine, for fear that you'll never return to the place that you left, where we're freeing you. This is not a clip your wings Christianity church. This is a fluff up your feathers, get yourself ready and take off. And we'll be there and you can come back. You can fly back in and we'll feed you and we'll water you. I hope you come back. I hope you're more of a homing pigeon. See, the nature of birds that fly is that they do what? They migrate. What does that mean? It means they go and fly, but they always come back to the place where life begins. So that life can begin again and they can produce life and then we can migrate again. There is a wonderful freedom in the curiosity to find the real Jesus of the Bible and the real God that he talks about and the real essence of the spirit that he says is present because when you find that, Jesus said you will find absolute freedom because he said, I came to set you free, not to clip your wings and I want you to meet the Jesus who sets you free, who's not come to clip your wings, who then in his love will be the wind beneath your wings. I'm not going to sing right now, I could sing that. I could sing that, couldn't I? Wind beneath your wings would be inappropriate. But that is what he wants to be. I pray for you tonight that you'll spread your wings, feel the wind. But when it takes you to the heavenly places that it takes you, here's what happens. You will have a completely different perspective on the world that you live in and you will see beauty and glory at every turn and your experience when you land again in that place will be one that has touched something in heaven that now brings that to earth. And that's what Jesus wanted you to do. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth because we've seen something in the heavens. But that only comes when we get curious and we ask and we seek and we knock. before we get done I just want to plug next week because next week is uh, is Easter weekend and uh, we're going to kill the cat <laughs> you know I think in the stories I was raised with we've had nine lifetimes of stuff and we're going to kill the cat next week um, the cat that we're going to kill is the common atonement theory and that cat is going to get killed next week now now if you don't know what that is then you should be here because we'll explain and uh, if you're curious, then be here, because we'll explain. But curiosity, I want you to know, is going to work on that, because um, 2,000 years ago, we are celebrating something that was so dynamic, so amazing, so marvellous, that, that it changed something in a way that you would never imagine. And my view is that the conventional concept of the cross has far fallen short of what the true implications are of what that leads us into. And so be here next week, bring somebody along, have a great night uh, when curiosity does kill the cat next week. So bless you. Thanks for being here this week. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. 
If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash QChurchYork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.